0: Tap, right? What is an this This is going to be huge. Actually, this is going to be our final show. I just when I think you said the stupidest thing ever. You keep talking. I think that's the worst thing I've ever had. That boy ain't right. The simplest way to put it, I have problems. Welcome to The Alleged Show. The alleged-
1: Is that some Boston? Are we starting off with Boston? Oh my gosh, this show's going to be a rocker. Record it. Hey, I'm Glenn Marini. I'm sitting in for Brett Rump today here on the Sports Rush. Brett is off with the Mastodons as they take on Wright State tomorrow in the great state of Ohio, in Dayton, Ohio. Obviously the regular season coming to a close very shortly for the Mastodons. What we're going to talk about today with Adam Lundy here, running the ones and twos, a lot to get to because... Well, we're in the thick of things when it comes to the basketball season. Plus, we've got a lot going on with the Colts. What are they going to do here in the offseason? They got some cash to spend. We'll talk about how they're going to do that. It is NFL Combine Week we're going to get into football talk pretty soon. We're also going to talk to Mike Nutter of the 10 Caps. Of the Caps open season number 15 coming up in April as well as Comets head coach Jesse Kallake. Jesse Kallake in the Comets coming off a really nice weekend. Two road wins as they grind out to the uh, final month and a half of the ECHO regular season as they look to make a playoff push starting this weekend when they travel to face the Toledo Walleye on Friday night. But it is NFL Combine Week. And that's what we're going to be talking about to start things off. My man Harrison Mevis, if you remember, the Warsaw High School grad, he is one of the few kickers. There's six kickers and punters that have been invited to the NFL Combine. And one of them is from the 260, that is Harrison Meevis, And he is going to be joining us in the very near future because he is going to be the next guy to go from the 260 to the NFL. We saw Drew Tranquil win a Super Bowl. We saw Ben Skronik win a Super Bowl. We saw Jesse Bates make it to the Super Bowl, get an interception in the end zone in the Super Bowl. So that's three guys in the last three years, as we like to say on Wayne TV, to go from the highlight zone to the highest level of football. And Harrison Mevis looks like the next guy from our area to go to the NFL. Do we have Harrison on the line? All right, Harrison Mevis, the Thicker Kicker from Mizzou. He joins us now. And Harrison, how are you doing, man, heading up to this NFL Combine?
2: I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me.
1: Hey, I've always wanted to ask you this. Uh, the, 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 the the nickname, the Thicker Kicker, how much did you embrace that? What was your first thought when that became the label, the nickname for Harrison Mevis?
2: Yeah. No, I, I, I truly embraced it my freshman year. Um the punter at Missouri, Grant McInnes, who was there, he graduated, but he he came up with the nickname and um, it kind of just it, it sparked into something really big, and the fan base took over. So you know, it, it, I, I love it, and I try to embrace it as much as I can. It's awesome.
1: I mean, you're you're 5'11", I think it said 243. That's not that's not that thick, right? I, like I'm a 44 year old father of two. Like to me, that that's that's not that thick. No, I mean, I have a big body frame
2: naturally, Um, just a bigger guy, broad shoulders, you know, so um, it kind of matches, but I mean, I'm still, I I would like to say I'm still pretty athletic and uh,
1: yeah. (laughs) You were a a heck of a goalie playing soccer back in the day at Warsaw High School, if I recall.
2: Yeah, I I considered playing soccer in college, it's my sport that I grew up with, so uh, yeah, I, I absolutely love soccer.
1: Okay, so let's talk about the NFL Combine coming up. What does the Combine entail for a kicker? I think we see all the 40-yard the dashes and the bench press. Are you going to be doing any of that, or how does that work out for a kicker when you go to the NFL Combine? Because you're in one of the later groups, right? Thursday, Friday, Saturday groups at the Combine?
2: Yeah, I'm a little later. Right now they have like QBs running back, uh, maybe D-line or something like that. But, um, yeah, I'll be in the later group, and you can – Uh, test that you are given the opportunity to test the 40 bench uh, pretty much anything you can think of they have um l drill but i'm not going to be doing any of those uh i really just want to focus on kicking um and really it's interviews all week and uh just just the two-day kicking portion so that's that's all i have down in the combine
1: if you were to do the bench press how many how many times could you rep 225 i'm betting more than any of the other kickers there
2: Oh, uh, possibly. I mean, I, I've honestly not maxed in a while. I, I, I do. Me neither. I, I'm a very strong guy, though. I will say that.
1: I will say that. Now, the first time you met Bart Curtis, he did not think you were the kicker, correct, at Warsaw High School?
2: No. Well, he, I, at first glance, I don't think he did, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, how, did, how did that go? How did you convince him that you were the kicker? Because I think they put you in offensive line drills like practice one, no, right?
2: I, I mean, we were doing... They were doing uh, summer conditioning drills, and they—I I ended up uh, in the O-line drills, and I was just doing that stuff. Um, I don't know. I, I think I—I kind of just told them I'm like I'm just, I'm not gonna do any of that. I'm just a kicker, and uh, I want to commit to that and help you that that way. So it was just a conversation we had. So.
1: Well, it turned out pretty well. Um, when you yeah. take when you take a look at the drafts in the past, um, pretty much there's there's at least one kicker drafted every year. Last year there were three. Uh, Jake Moody was the first one out of Michigan, and we saw what he did in the Super Bowl. Hit two 50-plus yards. Honestly, if the 49ers had won the Super Bowl, he might have been the MVP. How do you approach a draft? Because um, by most mock drafts, you're the number one kicker available, but there's a huge variance. I mean, Moody went in the third round. You could go anywhere in the draft. How do you even approach something like this, knowing that, you could hear your name called early. You could hear your name called late. You could be an undrafted free agent. I mean, there's with a kicker, there is just such a wide range of where you could go. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and I think uh, the approach you kind of have to have is that you're when you enter the league, you're going in to win a job no matter what. Um, whether you're drafted first round, seventh round, you've got to go in and win a job no matter what. And I'm just taking it day by day and uh, trying to get 1% better every single day. I think I've had a really good career, and I know I'm in a good spot, so I'm not going to worry about um, the draft or whatever. I'm going to do what I can. I'm not going to change who I am. I'm going to be myself, and I'm going to go uh, kick football through the uprights. That's all I'm focused on.
1: That is the Mevis family tradition, right there. Uh, your brother kicked at Fordham, and then uh, his senior year at Iowa State, um, and I know he was in camp with the with the Jaguars, correct? So yeah. what kind of advice has he given you about the process and what kind of uh, things has he tried to pass along to you as you get ready to go through this process?
2: Yeah, he, he's kind of passed on a lot of little things, you know, just getting ready for um, the NFL. And, like, um, it's been kind of nice to have him kind of go through it before me. And he, our, our journeys are going to be different. He's, he's on a different path than me, and uh, it's always going to be some sort of, different path that every person is going to have. But um, I think it's just a little thing, you know, mentally focused and work ethic. He, he really um, embodies having a hard work ethic and working hard every single day. And if you're not doing something to get yourself better, then you're falling behind.
1: What genetically makes the Mavis family so good at kicking the football?
2: <laughs> you know, I, uh, I, I don't know. We've always just had bigger legs, and we've always kind of taken pride in being able to kick a soccer ball further than anyone else and, and transfer it onto the football field. Um, you know, I think Andrew has three-trunk legs. He, you know, he's able to hit big balls, and I I kind of have uh, just a bigger body, and I'm able to twerk. You know, uh, I have that torque where I can just smash a football. And so it's always just been, always been like that ever since we played soccer.
1: Do you have a kicker that you kick? Is it like Sebastian Janikowski? Is is that the guy that you like model yourself after? Are there guys that you model yourself after, or do you just do your own thing? Uh,
2: yeah, there's a lot of a lot of a little from each guy that you can take. I mean, Sebastian Janikowski was six five, two sixty. You know, he was a huge yeah. dude, and and he was a lefty. But there was, there are certain uh, technique things that you can take from each guy, like Justin Tucker, his accuracy. Mm-hmm. Harrison Bunker, you know, his how he uses his size. And then there's obviously Jan, uh, Janikowski, how, how he's a bigger guy. So there's a lot of little things from each guy.
1: What is the – now we saw you hit a 61-yard game winner against Kansas State. That's an SEC record. I don't know if you guys know this, but the SEC takes football very seriously. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that 61-yarder was awesome. SEC record. What's the longest field goal you've made in a practice? Like – can you hit from 65 70 like where yeah, does your range I've gone extend back
2: to 70 70 yeah, that, that's a good question I mean I I've, I've gone back to 70 a um, little tailwind on my back I, I've probably even gone further back than that but I don't even I haven't recalled that because I haven't gone back that far especially in season when it's um you have you know 12 13 games to play so yeah. it's, you kind of got to manage your leg but yeah i've gone I've gone back pretty far so
1: so have you ever seen anyone else hit 70?
2: Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. There's there's guys that are able to do it. You know, really? obviously wind circuit. If you have wind in your back, a lot of the pros are able to hit that. Um, some aren't. It, it, it's really when you get back that far. It's really just you know having the good circumstances, good field. Um, maybe elevation plays a factor, but at Missouri, you kind of see it all. You, you're gonna you know, there's windy days, there's cold days, there's hot days. There's so um, yeah. I mean, it, it 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 takes something special, obviously, but. Um, it's just keeping your head down, taking the ball, like, you know, from no matter what distance you're
1: at. When you talk about the SEC, I mean, you're, so you're playing at Mizzou, you play the Alabamas, the Floridas, the Georgias. What's a typical, what's a Saturday like on the sideline in an SEC football game? Like, what is that atmosphere like? Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, Friday night lights are special when you're talking about high school, but like SEC football on a Saturday, I mean... I lived in Arkansas for five years. I've been to those games. Like I know what that's like. What What is it like for you out there on a football field on a Saturday in the SEC?
2: It, it, it's absolutely incredible. Um, the people live for SEC football. There's there's people that um, are absolutely crazy for this type of football, and and even the players. The the players. This is all they have. You know, football is all they have, and that's all they work for all year. And so. Um, when you're playing in front of 65 80,000 fans every single weekend, um, it, it, there's an adrenaline that you play with, and there's just a certain uh, just a certain environment that's super special. And I think uh, a lot of it, and yeah, shoot, I even opened up my, my first career game was against Alabama at home in COVID year. Man, and there was 25%, but it was still crazy. Um, but, yeah.
1: For you... When you look at some of the guys from Northeast Indiana that that you maybe have played against in high school or knew of in high school, like Joe Tipman from Bishop Dwenger, second-round pick for the Jets last year. Uh, we'd mentioned at the beginning of the show, you know, the Ben Stronick or Drew Tranquil from Carroll High School who just won a Super Bowl yeah. with the Chiefs. Jesse Bates got a $62 million contract to play for the Falcons. Like, when you see those kind of guys from from Northeast Indiana, from where you're from, does it give you – I ask this of everybody, but does it give you a sense that, like, this isn't too big for me. Like I can, I can handle this because I imagine that that has to be your mentality to get to that level. But also, especially as a kicker, because you have to have that confidence and that tunnel vision when you go out there and you're trying to boot a 61-yarder against Kansas State.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I've seen a lot of in some of the Senior Bowls. I've seen some guys from Indiana, Northern. There's a guy from Fort Wayne. There, there, there's guys that um, from from Northeast Indiana that are. Um, that have certain pathways to the NFL, and I think there's a lot of good players coming from that area as Missouri is recruiting that area constantly. So um, I I think it's just the environment that you put yourselves in. Uh, Obviously, I think football in the South, that people live, breathe, Mm -hmm. do it every single day, and I think that's that's kind of the difference, and it's the environment and the people that you surround yourself with.
1: So you got the Combine this week, and then you start to probably do, do you do an on-campus workout after that?
2: Yes, yeah, sir. So I'll I'll have a pro day March 22nd. Okay. And that'll be at Missouri.
1: Okay. So after that, it, it's kind of wait and see time to a certain degree. I know you'll probably do visits and everything like that. Uh, are your parents still in uh, Charlotte? Did they move to that so area? They They moved to Jacksonville,
2: Florida. Jacksonville.
1: That's it. I. So where where oh. are you going to be watching? My question. That leads into my question. Where are they going Where are you gonna be draft time? Are you gonna be at home with family? Are you gonna be in Warsaw? Are you gonna be at Mizzou? Like, have you made those plans yet? Because obviously it'll be an exciting time.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I probably won't do anything too big. Um, I think I'm probably gonna plan to stay in Columbia, Missouri, and mm-hmm. uh, continue to work out possibly on the day of draft day. You know, I, th- I got. Um, I, I don't think I want to make it too big of a thing. I want to. I want to make it big, when I go out and make game winners on the NFL.
1: Boom. And we we absolutely can't wait to see it. We can't wait to see it. I think we knew uh, maybe even back in high school, um, your senior year, that this guy had a chance to do something special. And uh, you've done it. You are Missouri's all time leading scorer. Uh, and you are, by most accounts, the number one kicker in the draft. I would be surprised if you don't get drafted. They don't they don't ask me, but I would be surprised if we don't see you kicking on, uh, on Sundays in the NFL. Man, it's been awesome to watch your journey over the years. And uh, say hi to your mom, Tina, for me. And we appreciate all the time, Harrison, and have a great, great combine. I know you will, man.
2: Thank you. All right. Thank you I- for having me.
1: All right, thank you very much. That was Harrison Meevis again, from the Highlight Zone to the highest level of football. Trust me, that dude can kick a football. 61 yards against Kansas State for a walk-off win. And like he mentioned, he wants to be doing that in the NFL. I have... I really have no doubt that he will be on an NFL roster at this uh, at this time next year. So uh, that's going to do it for our first segment. Coming up after the break, we're going to have some of Adam Lundy's top headlines, figure out what's going on the day, and let's talk a little IU basketball. They've got a big game tonight. I don't know any of the games are big anymore, but they've got a game tonight, and we're going to talk about what they've done under Mike Woodson in Season 3. That's coming up on the other side of this break. Uh, I'm Glenn Marini, and you're listening to the Sports Rush on 1380. Hey, welcome back to the sports rush i'm glenn marini adam Lunny's going to give us some updates soon but adam uh, i want to i want to stoke the fires on yeah. the text line uh our number to text in 46862 we've already gotten a couple texts from my my man john feltz who is certainly celebrating he's a bishop lures guy the bishop lures state championship in two A, and also a text that says what what does it say adam yeah they
3: texted in uh who this guy dog uh, he sounds like a guy who would wear a wig. I sound like
1: a guy who would wear a wig. I, I like that. This baby, this is all real. I can, I can confirm. No it, wig. No wig. It, it's getting a little thinner in the front, <laughs> but again, that happened. That's that, that's my one vanity. I think is, and I think most. Uh, it's like, you know, Anchorman. No touching the hair. No. No touching the hair. No. Yeah. No. It, it's real, baby. It's if real. It, if it was, if it was fake, it would be a little thicker. Uh, <laughs> I hope. But uh, yeah i'm aging quickly what can you say (laughs) Uh, i've got now i got a teenage girl so it's uh, it's aging quickly yeah i'll I'll just say that uh tell us what the top headlines are today all right let's get right into it it's today's top headlines
3: all right well parkview field the home of the fort wayne tin caps will host six high school baseball games featuring 12 local teams this may as part of the annual Parkview Sports Medicine Baseball Classic. Yes, it's back. Matchups will feature rival teams from around northeast Indiana featuring New Haven, Woodland, Northrop, Northside, Wayne, Southside, Snyder, Blackhawk Christian, Columbia City, Leo, Carroll, and Homestead are all slated to participate. Looking forward to that. Joe Dumars, the NBA's executive vice president and head of basketball operations, who was a pillar of the defensively elite bad boys Detroit Pistons of the 80s, said the league's competition committee has officially begun reviewing whether the game has tilted too far towards offense and whether changes need to be implemented to achieve better balance. Quote, it is a topic that we're monitoring, Dumars told media earlier this month. Quote, we're diving in right now to make sure that we're on the right side of this. And... Checking out some spring training MLB, baseball phenom Shohei Otani is currently making his debut for the Los Angeles Dodgers in a spring training game right now. It's his first game in a Dodgers uniform since leaving the Angels. Playing at the designated hitter position, he's 0-2 for right now. In his first appearance, he struck out in three pitches in his first at-bat against White Sox pitcher Garrett Crochet. And those are your top stories for the first hour. Mm, Mr. Seven,
1: Glenn. $700 million does not get you what it used to. <laughs> it certainly doesn't. Oh, <laughs> uh, hey, it's over. I know. Uh, before we get in to talk about some IU basketball, because they've got a game tonight, uh, I wanted to go over the story. We talked with Harrison. I know we talked quite a bit with Harrison Meavis, the last block, but I wanted to, to tell a little Jim Harbaugh story, mm-hmm. because I knew it was NFL Combine season when Jim Harbaugh was at the Mavs Pacers game the other night. And Jim Harbaugh is obviously quite quite a character. So in the summer of 2000, I was an intern down in Indianapolis at Wish TV. Uh, and of course, the month of May, you're always out at the track. Uh, so for the Indy 500, Jim Harbaugh, still a player towards the end of his career, but was still a player. He was a partial owner of Panther Racing. So my job as an intern, I got a clipboard and a T-shirt and everything. So it made me look official. I was <laughs> 20 years old, could not legally buy alcohol. I was 20 and I, I looked like I was about 16 But I would go to the different paddocks um, to line up the live shots for the morning show. Mm -hmm. So at 15 after, we'd have somebody. At 30 after, we'd have somebody. So I would go ahead to the next one and make sure that they were ready and they knew we were coming. So we were going to interview Jim Harbaugh at the Panther Racing booth. And I walk up to him and I'm like, "Uh, Mr. Harbaugh, (laughs) uh, we're going to be here in like five minutes. And he's like, oh, he goes, I just put this dip in. He goes, So he goes. do you think I can go on the air with this dip? And I go, well, he's asking a 20-year-old kid, right? the NFL quarterback, should I go with this dip? And I go, well, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what to do, but we ask people who have gum in their mouth to take it out during the interview. So mm. it's up to you. And he's like, hmm, I just put it in. And I'm like, well, it, it's up to you. I probably wouldn't. So anyway, interview comes, and right before they go live on the air, he puts his finger in, cups it, and puts the dip in his hand behind his back. Oh. And did the entire live interview Ooh. with a dip in his hand behind his back. After the interview is over, immediately pops it right back in. And I'm like, he was, he was. I don't uh, know if you're a dip connoisseur. Copenhagen is not starter dip. Like, it's serious rough, stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, that guy's worth millions of dollars, and he didn't want to waste a 50-cent piece of tobacco, 50-cent dip, 50-cent log in there. Uh, and then when he gets to Michigan 15 years later, people are going nuts. They're like, this guy buys his khaki pants at Walmart. Can you believe it? I'm like, yeah, I can believe it. I can. Dude, I've seen him not throw away 50 cents worth of tobacco to do a live interview on television. And you're crazy. You think he's, he's nuts for buying pack, you know, his, his pants <laughs> at Walmart. Yeah. Yeah, that's the same guy. And it's funny because on this station I heard a couple of weeks ago, Julian Edelman now comes on with uh, Colin Coward. And he talked about how when he was a free agent, he met with the 49ers and met with Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was in his office and all they did, they didn't even talk about football for an hour. They just were dipping and talking. And I was like, yeah, that's the same guy. Yep. So he may be on a bigger stage but that's always been jim harbaugh like that's been my experience with him and i tell that story to my friends and they're like yeah he's the same dude i'm like yeah you shouldn't be surprised those (laughs) walmart khakis aren't surprising (laughs) um so let's talk a little bit about iu basketball the hoosiers tonight at home against wisconsin seven o'clock on Peacock. do you have peacock i do not i'm not a peacock subscriber josh our weekend guy josh a and has peacock and we Kind of, we used Josh, Josh's a little bit, yeah. uh, But four straight losses for the Hoosiers, uh. including Penn State on Saturday. Mm. That wasn't good. Two of 15 on threes in that game. 14 to 25 on free throws. Ooh, it was not a great effort. I don't know if we can talk too much about this because people are like, "Did you watch the game against Penn State?" After Nebraska, I've given up on this team. I think. I, I feel like you can you not watch an Indiana Hoosiers basketball
3: game at this point and still have a fair idea of what's going to happen and be surprised
1: if they end up winning. Yeah. Uh, Woodson, in his press conference yesterday, I mean, he, he, he continues to put it on himself. Sure. Um, which all good coaches do. Right. But I I guarantee, if you told him three years ago, this is what he signed up for, hey, I'm not sure he would still be in Bloomington. I would definitely agree, and a lot
3: of people would prefer if he wasn't in Bloomington now. But uh, I don't think that's going to be the case still. I mean, even with this r- losing streak and this kind of crash and burn end to the Hoosier season, I do
1: not see Woodson out in the near future. $12.6 million dollars say he's not going to be out. That's exactly what his, his buyout would be after April 1st of this year. So you're already paying Tom Allen a pretty big chunk to mm-hmm. leave. I don't know that you can afford Mike Woodson as well. But uh, the scary thing is, when I when I was growing up, we used to watch IU basketball all the time. The Raycom doubleheaders on a Saturday. That was it. That was what you watched. Problem is, those teams did a couple things well all the time under Bob Knight. Mm-hmm. They shot the basketball well. The Steve Alford's, the Calbert Chaney's, even the Greg Graham's, Todd Leary. I mean, just name Brian Evans. Guys that could shoot the ball iu basketball shot the ball well that is a staple of the state of indiana you know how to shoot the basketball secondly they would shoot more free throws than the other team they would make more free throws than the other team would attempt and thirdly they would play hardcore defense man-to-man defense generally hardcore defense the thing that iu hasn't done is shoot the ball well or play great defense or make free throws. Or make free <laughs> throws. Yeah, they are top 30 as of last week. I haven't looked recently. As of last week, Woodson said they are top 30 in free throws attempted, but they are bottom 30 in the country in free throw percentage. Uh. So those are empty possessions. And, and that's sort of the problem when you don't have enough offense. You can't have empty possessions. You know, they're They play bigger, more post guys than most teams do now. Everybody wants to do the Steph Curry shoot threes, all that kind of stuff. But you take a look at, at what they attempt with Renew uh, at the four. Mbako is a big three. He can kind of do a little bit of everything. And then where's the seven-foot post? Like, that's a lot of size on the floor. Mm-hmm. And Renew can step out and hit some threes. And obviously Mbako can shoot. And that's the intriguing thing about him. Uh, and where I think you'd love to have a seven-foot center do what he does. But that's a lot of of height and beef on the floor in a game now that has transitioned to basically four, in, four out, one in, where you have just a bunch of three-point shooters and one post guy. They've essentially got a traditional center and a power forward and then a big three. So there's a lot of beef on the floor. I don't love it. it, it the big, I think one of the big things with Archie Miller was player development. Mm-hmm. Where you didn't see leaps from year to year. Uh, and I think you're kind of seeing the same thing with Mike Woodson. Like Trey Galloway's shooting percentage has continually gone down. Here's a guy that shot 75% free throw wise as a freshman. He's he's regressed every single year. He's now shooting 54% from the free throw line. That's your starting guard. That's your starting two. And I know Xavier Johnson would have helped Obviously, he would have helped. And Woodson said yesterday that he got on the floor on Sunday, no contact, um, but they and they've obviously only won one game since he went out. But they've got a lot of work to do. And he said, hey, we got to run the tables and we probably have to win the Big Ten tournament. (laughs) I mean, at this point, you have to win the Big Ten tournament. I guess running the tables wouldn't really matter in the regular season. Um, Yeah, they're not going to get an at-large bid. No, they're not. But. Uh, it, you need to win those games to get the momentum into the Big Ten tournament is is really, I think, what he was trying to say. And uh, I can't imagine Mike Woodson not getting one more year just based on the money that's left on his contract. But this could be like Archie Miller Part 2 where it's four and done. And you, you talk to any coach that takes over a college program, you have to see the progress. Year three is the key year. First year is a wash. Sometimes you get lucky, have a little beginner's luck. And you do well. Second year, generally not very good, but there's light at the end of the tunnel. Third year, the switch needs to flip. And it has flipped, not in a positive way. He probably gets another year, but we'll see. We'll see how pockets how deep the pockets are. All right. Text us on our fan line, four six eight six two. We're gonna be back after the break. Talking some Tin Caps baseball. It felt like baseball weather yesterday. Why not (laughs) talk with Mike Nutter, president of the Tin Caps? That's coming up after the break right here on 1380 with the Sports Rush. I had a little trouble with my headphones. My head is too big, I think, for these headphones. That is the problem. Uh, That's what 22 years in the television industry will get you. Uh, Trust me, it's not as big as some of the people I've worked with. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about baseball. Mike Nutter. Knows a little bit about the game. He joins us now. He is the man behind the Tin caps. And Mike, yesterday felt like, felt like baseball weather. The season is almost here. Talk a little bit about what you've got going on heading into year 15 at Parkview Field this season.
0: Thanks a lot for having me on, my friend. Yeah, we're excited. If we could get anything like this uh, the first week of April, we'd be really happy. And so who knows what it'll be like then. Last year, we were incredibly lucky and fortunate. The weather was great. We are starting to get towards it. Um, You know, yesterday was also cool because we were watching highlights of the Padres and Merrill and Salas and Mm -hmm. Paulie and Marcy and Martarella have been playing up there and getting hits and contributing. I read an article today that the guy expected uh, Jackson Merrill to be the starting outfielder on opening day, and so there's a lot of stuff. Guys move quickly these days. But here at Parkview Field, we are inching towards season number 15 downtown we're excited the venue looks awesome with the brand new field surface they actually mowed the grass today which is unheard of (laughs) in february in fort wayne indiana but keith and the crew are excited uh we replaced all the front steps for the people coming walking in we're just about to wrap up a project redoing the treetops up in the outfield area and so a lot of excitement a lot of new promotions that have people excited so Really, hopefully, more of the same this
1: summer. Well, you mentioned a lot of new things. One of the, the new things will be Mike Daly as the manager. I know you were good friends personally uh, with Johnny Matthews. Um, so uh, we like to see uh, guys continue to succeed and work their way up the ladder. But uh, what, what kind of conversations have you had with Mike Daly? He's kind of a guy that comes with a, a front office background um, and is now kind of getting out on the field as, a, as the new manager of the Tin caps
0: yeah, no doubt. You know, so the week before it became official, he flew up to see us, and he sat in on a staff meeting that had nothing to do with the on-field product and a lot of other things, and he was so great and genuine and picked my brain about a lot of stuff of what we're looking for, and he's talked to Keith Winter on many occasions. We know Mike from coming to town the last couple of years, but you're exactly right, Glenn. Like, it's totally different from the standpoint of, He got as high as the assistant general manager for the Texas Rangers in the big leagues as recently as a few years ago. And so to go into the dugout now is unique. The Padres do a lot of things uniquely. And Mm -hmm. so he's excited about it. He asked that it be in Fort Wayne. We're excited to have him. Johnny is and was our buddy. We're happy we'll be able to see John Matthews as he comes in as the roving hitting coordinator, running the hitting for the minor leagues for all the Padres. It wouldn't surprise me if he's back in the future as our manager again sometime. He loved it. We loved it. Uh, Mike is genuinely excited, literally called me this afternoon. I can hear the crack of the bat in the background. And he said, hey, just checking in. You guys need anything from me? You need anything from us? We're one day closer to getting out there. And so this time of the year, it's always so fun because there's so much optimism. And, you know, you sit here and fans are asking great questions, you know, who will we get on the team? And, you know, we don't have any control over that, but we would hope that we get, you know, their high draft picks from last year's team and things like that. And I joked with some people, well, if Mike Daly's coming in and he's still keeping his title as the assistant farm director, Mm -hmm. as far as I know, and the number two person in the minor leagues, I said, well, let's load up this team to make sure one of the guys leading the minor league department has a good winning record. And so we'll see about all that, but, It was certainly great to get him into town. It was great for the team to get back in the playoffs last year for the first time in a long time, and Matthews deserves so much credit because we went through so many players, and they all earned their promotions, and a lot are knocking on the big league doors. But to get there and almost win the first round and get to the finals like we did was really impressive out of Johnny.
1: You were talking about loading up teams. <laughs> if you talk about loaded up teams, I think of the Tin Caps team in 2009 when you guys opened the ballpark. Now that you are reflecting on uh, the 15-year run that you guys have had downtown, I mean, there's been over a billion-dollar investment in downtown Fort Wayne since Parkview Field was opened. How do you reflect on the 2009 season and also just what you guys have been able to accomplish and be a part of in the broader scheme of things here in Fort Wayne?
0: A great question, Glenn. You know, the '09. 9 there's just such nostalgia with it. And I do think because of how successful that we were on the field, again, we don't take credit for it. We kind of love it when we're playing well, but we don't have a lot to do with that. But we won 101 games between the regular season and the playoffs. That'll probably never be done by a team again. I don't believe it's ever been exceeded. And we had the record number of people on a low-A minor league team to reach the big leagues and things like that. And in this town, you know, I always talk to Scott Sprout over with the mm-hmm. Comets. And, you know, winning is important. People care about winning, and they're competitive. And so, uh, yeah, a lot of people come out here for the entertainment, but some come out here for that on-field product and win or lose. And they're letting me hear it if we're not winning. And so I think that year, in some broader sense, set us up for people thinking, like, oh, this is cool. Because we remember a lot of people were against the ballpark, many more people were against the name, and we understood all that. But, you know, when we were so good out of the shoot, out of the gate, I think it really helped us. And then the broader sense, you know, I'm an old Midwest guy from, uh, Northwest Ohio, but my dad was in sales, so we lived all over the country, and uh, Midwest is home, and I love it. And, you know, Graham Richard before, and, and, and Tom Henry now, and so many of the people on both political parties and in the in the private sector with businesses that stood up and said, no, we need to do this so that our downtown gets revitalized and doesn't become another Midwest city where it just kind of, we're talking about what we used to be type of thing. And so the people had the vision. Um, we It exceeded every expectation we had. Uh, you know, we're, we don't think we're done yet. We're still working with... Uh, Major League Baseball on unique events. We're doing something internally here to look and see, can we do something this fall? We're not about to sit back and rest and just kind of coast. There's been a standard set that's pretty high, and there's a group of people that love working together, so we're going to keep doing it. But you said it, a billion dollars invested in 46802 since we opened. Again, we're not taking credit for that. We're just saying it's all happened because of this Harrison Square project, so it's not about us. But to see what's happened at the landing and the riverfront and Electric Works and all of the other things is really, really cool for us to be a part of.
1: I asked Mike Limmer this when I was on with uh, Caleb and Justin a few months ago. Uh, you spent a lot of nights at the ballpark, man, uh, and there are a lot uh, of things that you can get uh, at Parkview Field. What is your what is your go-to drink or treat when you are there? Is apple dumpling, like hey, listen, what, what do you? Man, Li- now, Limmer Limmer question. went real healthy on us. Um, yeah,
0: so I'm going to go really healthy on you. I think back when we were playing 70 games, my high point for a 70-game home season, I believe I had 64 or 66 waffle cones. Well done. That's a lot. You know, I don't know why I missed those four days. I'll have to go back and check my notes. Yeah, you must have been sick. See what happened. As they say, that might have been 15 years ago, my man. So as we age, I can't afford to do that <laughs> stuff anymore. And so now uh, I'll get a cone every once in a while. It's more the exception. But the apple cart, I do love. And I don't get it all the time. But if I'm looking for a, a nice treat at the end of the night, I'll get one of those apple crisps or apple crescents. And then uh, I thought you were going to ask for maybe the go-to food. I ate a lot at the barbecue cart or the manzanas. Uh, Mexican food cart, and so those are two of my favorites.
1: Muy bien, muy bien. <laughs> right on. Three years of high school Spanish, right there, and that's all I can do. <laughs> uh Hey, you're an Ohio State Buckeyes fan. Big time. So Chris Holtman, did that surprise you mid-season? You don't see a lot of colleges it did. mid-season it did do it.
0: Surprise me mid-season. Exactly yeah. what you said. You just don't see it that much. And reading some of the tea leaves, it seems like. Uh, they wanted to be first in line talking to some people. Mm. I think there's a lot of names out there. Dylan, Sin and I am always tweeting names that I hear and say, would we be good with this May guy? Would the Buckeyes be good with this guy? You know, the Miller over there and, and those kinds of things. And so, you know, I think it surprised a lot of people. And then Diebler, who's been there a long time, as an assistant. His brother was a great shooter there. Johnny Diebler, yeah. On teams with Kraft and Tom, you know, our buddy Deshaun and stuff, you know. They've won two of the, the two games they've won. They probably shouldn't have, you know, uh, and, and so it's neat. Does he get a chance? You know, who knows, but hopefully he does because, uh, it seems like the young guys love him. Very surprising. Yeah. But we, I guess in this new age of NIL, I, I, again, Chris seems like the nicest guy. I oh, have yeah. buddies that knew him and roomed with him at Taylor. I've seen all the stories about when he came up here and joined the Snyder football coaching yeah. staff and stuff like that. A friend of mine that I play basketball with every Sunday told me he went on a missions trip with him, you know, to like Haiti or the Dominican and Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff way back, like in those Snyder days. And so seems like the nicest guy, totally unfortunate. Hopefully he gets another chance, but obviously, the and you don't make light of it, I don't talk about other people's money, but the $13 million parting gift they gave him probably goes a long way.
1: Well, that's what you guys pay, Limmer and all those guys, isn't it? Oh, that's, what yeah. that's why you can't fire
0: them, because we Absolutely. can't because That's, why, that, that's that, why your that whole staff team
1: has, team has been there. together for as long as you have. Uh, the deep pockets. No, I, I actually did get a chance to go over and uh, sit down in the office with Holtman and do an interview on that Snyder angle. Uh, I oof.
0: saw it. I thought it was so great. Before you did it, I didn't know it. I really, I had no idea. I uh,
1: thought, even, a Buckeyes fan like you?
0: Yeah, hey, man, I, I guess i got to focus... We're a football school over there. Fair (laughs) enough. Everybody that's ever met him just talked about what a great human being it is. And, I mean, it's cliche, is it is That's the stuff that matters. I mean, it sounds like anybody's ever talked and he spends time with kids and charities and families and that stuff. Uh, Regrettably, it didn't go that way. But the one thing that does bear mentioning is with his ethics. Guys weren't getting in trouble and thrown off the team and arrested Mm -hmm. and those kinds of things. It's tough. There's a new athletic director, and he's going to come in and start throwing some money around and, and get his guys it. too. So yeah,
1: true. Yeah, but no, I mean, when we sat down afterward, he, he was a little at the beginning. He, I didn't know what to expect, and then I threw some Russ Isaacs and Snyder, and, there you go. and he goes, "Oh, we're not talking about basketball. We're just talking about this." Smiled, and then he was. Uh, we went down to practice, and he said, uh, "I was like, we get what 15 minutes the first three periods or whatever to shoot." And he goes, uh, stay how long? say however long you want." And oh, I was like, cool. "Oh, very yep. cool." Oh, okay, I did not expect that. Like this is a big time yeah. program, and their facilities There's a lot were amazing. Guys
0: in town that were at Taylor with him, and room, and a couple guys that roomed with him. That are Beasley, friends. yeah, yeah. They just talk about. I mean, everything you see is just so nice and genuine.
1: Yeah, well, he is a good dude, and uh, so is Mike Nutter uh, of the Tin Caps. And Mike, hey, we appreciate the time. I mean, April fifth at Great Lakes is when you start the season home opener. Tuesday, April 9th at Lake County, six thirty-five p.m. If you're putting it into your phone or your calendar as we speak mike we appreciate the time and wish you all the best season number 15 at parkview field coming up mike thank you
0: so much my friend have a great one
1: all right you too all right that was mike nutter of the tin caps we're going to be talking um quite a bit Coming up, we still got a whole nother hour plus of this. How about it? Oh, my gosh. This time goes by so fast. (laughs) I told Uh, you. Yeah, Jesse Calicky coming up later in the show. We're going to talk Comets hockey. And we're going to talk a little bit about college hoops as well, as we've already touched on the Hoosiers who play tonight. We've got all that coming up right here on the Sports Rush.